0: Hello, and welcome to a Mind Matters podcast, presented by A Light for Change, where we discuss the who, what, where, how, and why we as a community can make positive changes. The win is up to all of us, and it starts with you. Before I start, let's get into a positive zone, and I'll share my thoughts on a question from Graduate Thrivers Pass cards. The card drawn is green for creative thinking, and the question is, if you can go anywhere in the world, where would you go? I think I would like to go on a quest to a hidden idyllic locations, like glowing caves, crystal blue grottos, grown over ruins amidst the jungle, or a cascading waterfall atop a mountain. Let's just hope my body can manage going off the beaten path when the plan comes to fruition. This is season two the role we play episode 23 mindful sensory interaction with the world we feel the world it toys with our senses causing us to react and respond with every physical system sensations that help you understand intertwined with emotions that help you feel making the world dimensionally different than what is seen by each person. Recognizing, understanding, and working with our sensory interactions helps us to mindfully navigate how we react and respond thereafter. Keeping all your systems at optimal function requires both physical and mental hygiene. Our body speaks to us in sensations. The world speaks to our body the same. The mind responds to both, so teach all three the language of love. When you love something, you pay attention to it and recognize all the special little details. Recognizing how your mind and body interacts with the sensory input the world communicates to us with is like dancing. Many elements relating to each other to create a captivating work of art. The dance paints a story of your unique perspective of what the world alerts you to, how you experienced it and it made you feel, and how you gracefully became you on the other side of your reactions. When the world alerts you, which is constant these days, we tend to either freeze in fear or explore it with curiosity until we learn how to mindfully react to it. If a car sounds at horn, it tells your brain there is pending danger. Most of us look around to see why the horn sounded. Some freeze or fall back in a start but all of us were taught to step back out of the way and we will be safe. It is more than just sounds that trigger a sensory reaction. After all, we have six senses when you count intuition. Smells, tastes, textures, everything we see and the emotional energy floating in the air all trigger the brain to review the data and formulate an emotional response. These emotions are yours. Others can attempt to elicit a response, but only you can decide what to do with the emotions you feel. I am triggered by sensations that alert me to a problem, such as elevated and irritated voices, a furled brow, erratic body movements, loud warning sounds, negative expressed emotions, and even uncommon smells inputs of this nature send me into a loop of urgent creative creativity donning an air of command laced with a tone of belittlement the moment never lies there is always something to be solved but i needed to discover that most of them were none of my business and train myself to be curious and choosy instead of reactive with every sensory input the world gives from the mother's heartbeat to the sounds of violence We react because of how it makes us feel and the memories that surround that feeling. Real estate agents bake cookies before a viewing because we respond with childlike love, reminded of home and family. These recorded emotions make a big impact to our reactions and require you to recognize the subconscious aspect that alters your view of the moment. The experience of my son passing affected me with so much more than grief. As a parent, I felt guilt for so long. Even as I progressed through the stages of grief, there were just so many things like that I thought I could have done that played out in my mind that for almost a year I was terrified to parent my other two children. My feelings were causing me to react to what the world communicated with fear. I had to protect them from everyone, They couldn't, and I couldn't cause them any distress, even if it was a deserving no. They became very spoiled and often rude. I had to recognize how my feelings were manipulating my perspective. Some things you have no control over, while others, we just wish we had chosen differently in hindsight. But from every experience, we change just a little, gaining wisdom through that experience. We feel emotions deep within And sometimes they make things so foggy, you can't fathom the other side. We must recognize only the self can heal self. And that's where we build the beautiful neuron of awareness. I learned to understand trained abilities as a child, which came in handy throughout life, as I continually bit off more than I could chew while observing and reacting to problems. That is, until my mind and emotions battled the unsolvable problem of understanding why and how my son could be an angel, causing a complete nervous shutdown. I no longer function well in high-paced, multitasking, problem-filled environments, but the sense that came from this feeling diversified my understanding of cognitive-emotional processing, recognizing every experience opened up opens to another, helps one live in the moment and embrace the next. It is our role in life to recognize how our senses react to the environment, feeling the emotions in a way that guides us to reflect on the lesson, recognizing how those feelings are felt in the body in preparation for reaction, and learn to control how an experience is stored in the memory for recall along with how often you activate the neural pathway. It is our role in life to recognize our conscious growth in physical awareness in every experience. Self-awareness is your awareness of the world, which you experience through five senses, sound, touch, sight, taste, and smell. Pay attention to your sensory impressions and be aware of those five ways the world comes to you is a great quote by Deepak Chopra that I quite admire. In first recognizing our sensory experience, we learn to understand how we dance with the world while learning how to live with hope of attaining our highest conscious form. Understanding the recognizable aspects of the sensory dance allows you to experience life with courage. The heart is free to explore the deeper meaning or intention of a sensation, how it can be used as a tool for self-awareness, and how you can mindfully feel the dial, mindfully feel the dialogue while staying in the moment. This process, doctor Gwinch calls emotional hygiene. If we give ourselves care and respect, we will thrive. We all develop an understanding of sensations at a very young age with regard to physical safety. Warm means comfort, while hot means danger. Cool is refreshing, while frozen is also dangerous. With each experience, we create rules to ensure a safe experience in the next, like putting on sunscreen or a warm coat. Emotional thought processing is similar, but so many of us lack understanding and end up creating a dictatorship. A boy made me sad. I don't like sad. Boys are bad. The girl made me mad. I don't like mad. Girls are bad. It's safest to be alone. I am alone well. Understanding allows for a less black-and-white emotional rule and returns fact to the storyline. People make you feel, but people aren't all bad. There's always a deeper meaning behind what we feel. There are factors we don't perceive. Historical trauma influence and so many inconstances like environmental and cognitive changes. I give so much to my relationships, and now my partners, and I know that my partners appreciate it. But after a while, I start to listen to this internal dialogue that finds all the proof they don't love me. It took years to recognize that when I felt certain sensations, like seeing a furrowed brow, hearing disinterest, or a mundane touch that lacked electricity, I would sense a problem and rule that love has died, even though reality is that my partner's work has been hard on him that week and I was being oversensitive. Therapy has taught me, this is known as disorganized attachment style, formed through my safe, unsafe relationships with my mom. Understanding the meaning behind a sensation allows you to create tools from it, similar to using bed mess in arithmetic. With practice, your neural pathways become wrapped in myelin, understanding the best ways to navigate through the moment. Many people find benefits sensation in using sensations as what therapists call emotional first aid kits, having calming textures, scents, and images. I spent most of my life training myself to overcome nervousness and get the job done, despite my abilities. But as I age, I would get these sensations in my arms that felt like thousands of tiny little electrified spiders crawling all over them, and I would want to scratch or rip them off. It took time to observe, but eventually I realized that my brain had found a way to trigger my anxiety subtly, without causing me to go into full problem-solve mode. It's like my brain saying... I know you got this but this still worries me just be aware please not every moment needs you to react sometimes the world is just giving you information productive environments are filled to the brim with these moments things like alarms notifications and alerts are all triggers for the brain to react or produce this can overwhelm the active process by recognizing the sensation and understanding it we can make a rational decision Where lacking such moves all focus to acquiring such. This happens to me on mornings I'm running late. My kids, my husband, and the dogs, they're all calling out their needs with urgency. My head starts to spin and my breath rate increases until I feel like I'm drowning. It is the same routine as every morning with a little less time, sometimes none to spare. It shouldn't be that hard considering it's a 30-minute routine and an hour of time instead of an hour and a half let's say. What makes it hard and stirs up the overwhelming feelings is guilt for my family, for, for failing my responsibilities, for allowing my loved ones to be stressed, and for doing whatever made me tired enough to miss the wake-up cue. I have to stop and assure everyone that we will make it, and if, if we go one step at a time, and if we end up being late, we'll find a solution then. Most times we get done with enough time for a hug each and out the door, but sometimes we miss the bus and I have to drive them. I'm still working on reducing the frequency of this occurring because I chose to place personal projects after 9 p.m. when my mom hat can be hung to rest. But that is another story. Our role in life is to understand how sensations tell a deeper story that helps you navigate through the moments of your life. And with proper care to your emotional hygiene, you can compassionately find joy for yourself in each interaction. G.I. Gurdjieff famously said, It is only by grounding our awareness in the living sensation of our bodies that I am, our real presence, can awaken. When Moses asked, Who are you? God responded, I am who I am. Tell them I am sent you. When you think in response to your inner dialogue, you are, I am, to your emotional, sensory receptors. You gain control of all the electrical pulses running through you, spreading information about the sensational story of what's happening in the world outside you. This control creates an optimal work environment for all your neuron and cellular employees. Working with your sensations is a skill few attempt, but all have the capacity for. I call it flipping the script, but the idea is to use sensations to motivate your forward movement, processing each to its message of growth. Working with your emotional sensations is to live life to the fullest, seeing opportunity and seizing it, hearing the various options and exploring them, smelling out the small steps and tasting the reward at the end of the process all while touching your reality and leaving a positive fingerprint everywhere you go. It is sad that we turned a blind eye to small examples like getting out of bed and psyching yourself up for a win, but we celebrate it in a big way when we have things that go terribly wrong. In natural disaster and political conflict alike, we see people praised for acts of bravery in saving others despite being scared to death and for acts of compassion by sharing resources despite having little themselves. You have probably worked with your emotional sensations a few times, like overcoming nerves to give a great presentation, or going to school to face a bully every day, dealing with the stress of work so you can provide for your kids, and even trying new things and practicing through failure. These are all examples of working with your emotional sensations. Seeing opportunity and hearing solutions it is as simple as knowing there is a tomorrow, but living now. In any given moment, your brain processes thousands of sensory inputs and decides what to focus on. When you actively work with the sensory input, you can feed in an additional layer of information to the brain, which is processed as intention for tomorrow, impacting the choice of focus. Over my life, my focus changed. When I was young, it was once for success then family, and now dimensional awareness and emotional intelligence. For each transition, there was so much to overcome. Fear had to be a motivator and not a blockade. For success, I had to look inability in the eye and endure heartfelt failure as I kept trying and practicing to reach my potential. For family, I was challenged by worry, seeing as it a means to communicate finding solutions as a team. Now I see opportunity to understand in loving every person I meet with fascination for their story, though I'm still trying to hear solutions. I seem to be half deaf, everything seems a little muffled. Smelling the small steps and tasting the reward is to plan a path to your intention. Like a hound dog, That's seen the opportunity and heard the possibilities, you follow its trail without distraction. You know there will be wolves attacking and mountains to climb, but you do it anyway. I can smell the small steps to plan and created a game plan for many business ideas, but the ideas seem to come out of line to my focus or a former focus would cloud my efforts. The fear of being selfish washes the taste for my goals from my palate. I get 75% of the way through the plan and realize the cost, seeing my family wants more time, or that I lack standardized righteousness via structured achievement, and I decide to step back. My most re- recent focus of prompting community-integrated emotional and social intelligence lets me sell smell the possibilities of public speaking, social events, counseling, charitable connection, and exemplified behavior with mass presence online. But I reject the spotlight, praise, misaligned adoration, and notice even the smallest possibility of causing distress to others. Excusing my reduced enthusiasm with modest referrals to responsibility, while feeling held by duty to the cause, resulted in torn self-neglect. Sensory awareness is a continual learning curve I'm still working through, but we all touch a reality and leave a fingerprint of who we are and how we sense the moment behind us. An energy signature that tells the story as remembered by each receiver. I have a big personality. In every stage of my life, I made the kind of impression that left my name a topic of conversation, as something interesting. Honestly, for most of my life, I was flying by the seat of my pants, reaching for optimal outcomes. But as years passed, I realized how different people remember me. There are usually statements of being beautiful, strong, and passionate. But some say I'm wild, while others say I'm cool and collected. Some say I get it done, while others point out my lack of long-term follow-through. Some say I'm silly, while others say I'm boring and overly philosophical. It all depends on what they perceived of the moment, but the sensation that they all get when they think back on me is positively passionate, powerfully provocative with purposeful progression that makes me playfully present. Eight in Japanese is ha, so I jokingly say I've always had ha peas. It is a role It is our role in life to work with our sensations to motivate ourselves to live well, but also to recognize our interaction with other sensations of the world, with others' sensations of the world. It's important to reflect and use forethought regarding how we see, hear, smell, taste, and touch the world. After all, life is a sensory delicacy to experience. Robert T. Bennett said it well when he said, The outer world is a reflection of the inner world. Other people's perception of you is a reflection of them. Your response to them is an awareness of you. The reality is we're always dancing with emotional sensations from the moment the world around us speaks to us through the cognitive processing of it all. And still, as our reactions ripple through time being recalled over and over, There is so much to do and see. We are blessed with amazing eyes that see dimension and color. There is so much to hear. We are blessed with ears that sense a wide range of tone and infliction. There is so much to smell, each triggering memories and ideas. We are blessed with a nose that feeds the brain and the lungs. There is so much to taste, each giving new things to explore. We're blessed with a mouse that can choose if we want to be salty, bitter, or savor every moment of life. Your very presence touches the world and makes it better. Enjoy every sensation, recognize it, understand it, and work with it to make every interaction an enjoyable one. Life is worth living to the fullest and your sensory receptors are with you always, guiding you to experience all the diversely wonderful sensations life has to offer. As I leave you to think on this topic, I challenge you to think about this mindfulness exercise until then as well. Think about how you live and how you contribute to how your life is playing out. In a world filled with vast amounts of information geared to wake your attention on a matter, we can start to feel very aware, but often our knowledge is clouded by our previously understood knowledge. How will you ensure you are receiving information without personal judgment interfering with the understanding, while continuing to be informed by even the falsified and dramatically presented information, gaining bits of truth instead of remaining naive in ignorant comforts of the knowledge we have grown to understand as safe. I will close the conversation by drawing another card from the Positive Attitude Zone cards. This question will be the opening question for next episode. The card drawn is blue for self esteem and the values and values. The question is, what makes you happy? We'll get to that next week, but in the meantime, you can get your positive attitude zone cards at graduatethrivers.com. That's spelled capital G, small R A D, capital U, small I T, capital T, small H R I V E R S dot com. Stay wonderful, wholesome, happy, open minded, and natural. Smile as much as you can. Take care until we talk again. This has been Heidi Hardy on the Mind Matters Podcast, created by A Life for Change. Have yourself an amazing day.